I have now my privilege and pleasure to introduce to you Rosh Hashiva, as I remember to you often. Um, the Rosh Hashiva is a from the Gedele Marbitza Teira in Yushalayim I think American Bachram, even though I'm sure they're Eretzraldic uh, uh, there too. Um, the, as a one of his many uh, talents, Iker is Batsa Satira and Khinachatalmidim, but as one of his many talents, and he'll tell you the story here, he married into a very uh, distinguished family named Shapira. And the Shver Zolik Bazunzain, we forstay the Zokin, the Leb Nashiach, was is was and is one of the major um and Miss Askim in the Dal Minim. And through that, and through his Limud, Hagliner of Meritzvi um acquired the unique knowledge of the various Zandam of us right in today's. Sheer is devoted to explaining to the Ilam, both in person here and everybody who's going to be on uh, the uh, Zoom network. When you go to your Esrig Seicher and you say, I need an Esrig, so you can hand you one. You can do that. But I, when the shows everybody say, everybody wants to know that they're getting the best. For us, uh, you know, for us, Baal you want to get the best because you want to spend money in mitzvahs. When they tell you they want to get the best because they want to make sure that they have exactly the best possible estrog. So you just say, okay, give me a nice estrog. What took the shine to say? You ask, what kind of estrog am I getting? Last year, as you know, this was a whole different mahalach. Last year, we had to deal with Shemitah. This year, just a regular year. In fact, it's an irregular year. Why is it an irregular year? Because this year, the first day of Shabbos, and therefore, the mitzvah is... I don't want to say sadly, I want to say happily. We'll discuss this again. I'm sure Renzer Rebbe will discuss the issue of being Mafkiat Ki Shafer and Esrig this year and the Hamistaif, but it's only Drabana. It doesn't matter. We want to make sure we get the right Esrig. So you go in and say, Esrig Sekhar tells you, ah, oh, I have a beautiful Lavkevich, Kivalevich, Braverman, or Mr. Yehuda, or Chazanish. He starts throwing names at you. And you make believe you know what he's talking about, but really you don't know what he's talking about. Of course, you know what the word chazanish means. The other names are all chashmerets and all different names, but what exactly are we talking about here? So I'm going to uh, do this, share a little bit, that's how Yoshiva and I have agreed to do it since we're under a lot of time pressure here. So in order to expand getting as much information as we can as the next hour, um, I'm going to set it up in the following way. Um, Rashiv is going to give an introduction that speaks to the issue of why are we worried about getting Kasha Estrog? What is the issue with Murkov in history? I'm not going to go into the into the Zroimdic uh, um, issues of our cover, which we can spend eight hours on, and he can tell you many, many ideas on that. We're just going to go into what the basic problem Murkov is, and then um, it seems, from my amateurish knowledge of the Indian, that there are basically two families, two basic families of types of Esregim. One of them is called Chazanish, and the other one is called, let's call it Yerushalayim, because it comes from the Muraldiskin. So we'll call one the Chazanish, other the Muraldiskin. We're also going to discuss um, issues related to both of these to try to clarify to us with his vast knowledge 
what is a Lechbush, what's a Halpern, what's a Braverman, what's a Taimani, uh, that's also a, a third issue, the Taimani in Morocco, all this we'll try to do in the next hour. Shalom Aleichem Kweda Rav. I turn it over to you well, now to give us the introduction. Okay, so we, we have to understand that, the, first of all, the issue of, of Harkove is a, is a old issue that the Paiskin already hundreds of years ago already were talking about if Harkove is Mutter, Harkove is Aser. We're not going into the Halacha part now, and we know for sure, we're we going with the Mahalach that Harkove is Aser. Actually, I'll say just a, a, a small story that when the Chazanish came to Eretz Yisrael, so a lot of the Seichim in Eretz Yisrael in those days used to be Markiv Esregim, um, because Av Kuk had a shita that you're allowed to be Markiv Esregim in a certain way. There used to be a tree that used to call, uh, it, was, uh, it was a fruit, like uh, a lemon. It was a, it was, it was a sweet lemon. It was called Chushchash. Now, the Chushchash tree is a very healthy tree, and the people wanted to be marking the esteric, that the esteric tree is a very, very weak tree. The esteric tree can't hold himself. Um, you have to put uh, uh, metal things to hold the branches, because if not, the branches will fall down. And also the esteric are very weak, are very delicate. So they wanted to be marking it with chushchash. And Rav Kuk was matirit. And the story goes that there was one of the biggest esteric in those days, where his name was Mr. Huldank. That was his name. And he came to the Chazanish. When the Chazanish came to Israel to try to, uh, to talk over with the Chazanish if it's Mutter or Aser to be Marki with Chushchash. Lemaise, when he went out, they say that the Bnei Bais of the Chazanish said, that the Chazanish said, in Yiddish, he said, He's holding already after it. He didn't come to ask me if to do it or not. He did it already, and he just come to... To, to try to find the heter, for very priorities is good. That's what the Chazanish said. That means we're going in the Malach that Arkov is usher. And in any case, actually, Avil Yashiv said once to my father-in-law that you're allowed to be Malkiva Esther with Esleg. Let's say you have a good, healthy tree, an Esther tree, and you have a, not such a healthy Esther tree, you could be Malkiva Esther with Esleg. It's not an usher. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about a cover of an tree with a lemon tree, with other problems, and we're going with a malach that it's asa. Now, we have to understand just one, one thing. In the halacha, the proper halacha in Shchonoch, in the Sekelim, in the Mishibur, mashma, and in the time of the Gemara, that to see if an esrug is kosher or not, has simonim, has certain simonim, and certain things to see if the, if the pits are laying or the pits are standing in certain simonim that the aloha the priest can bring to show to prove us that it's mut that it's not murkiv. Lemaise, we're not going with the simonim actually because almost if we're going to go with all the simonim, we won't find the kosher esrik because kimat we don't find the esrik that has all the simonim aksherim. So Lemaise and all the priestkim, and that's a big, big argument that we have here about what the Chazanish held it, is if to go with a Tzvisayim, that means if to check an esrig with the simonim of the esrig, if it's kosher or not, or to go with Maseris. The same way we have this din in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the chicken, in the Turkey, there was a big shaila, all these things. We don't go by simonim, like we go in Behemoth, 
they go with Machlis Parso or Mailis Gera, all these simonim. And Oifois, there's no simonim, we go with Maseiris. The same way in the Sregi, we go with Maseiris, and that's Be'etzim, the way we go today with Maseiris. That means that if we know that this tree was by Gdele Hader from hundreds of years ago, said that it's called Kosher, and we know that since then, mm-hmm. it was always by Kosher, by from by Yerei Shemaim Seichrim, that didn't mark it from then on, because let's say we're talking about 150 years ago, so we have an asterisk that we know that then it was good, but since then, maybe someone did something with the asterisk since then. So, we go in with Maseiris, and Maseiris means that if we know that the Seicher is a person is and we know that he took the tree from a tree that we know that Gdele Yateris from 100, 150 years ago said in those days that it's kosher. So we're assuming that these are Sergim are kosher, and we really did not move when it's kosher. Le now, in this scene, we have the Mariliskin that he was a Raven Yushlaim, the times of Shmuel Salant. That uh, uh, has we have the Maseiris from his Israelim, and we have the Chazunish. The Chazunish came into Eretz Yisrael uh, almost ten years before the Second World War uh, broke. He came to Eretz Yisrael, and we know that Reb Chaim Oizer, uh, that he was Gdolador in, in, in Lita in those days, asked the Chazunish to send him Israelim, and the Chazunish was the Mor Shmaitz of Eretz Yisrael. So the most people, the Benetere, take from the Israelim that we know that the Mercedes is from the Chazanish. Now, if I'll go a little bit into details, we have to understand uh, in, in a certain way, before we're going to go into the Timonish and to the, to, to the Moroccan, that that's another very interesting uh, uh, issue. But in this scene of the Chazanish, we have to understand that Mario Diskin lived 150 years ago. Now, since the Marildiskin, we know that the Marildiskin, uh, that he was a Robin Brisk before, and then he came to Tisran, he was from the biggest uh, Rabbonim in, uh, in, uh, in, in Lita and then in Yushalayim. And when he came, we don't know what the Marildiskin did. We don't have no letters and no details from the Marildiskin alone. We have some people that were very close to the Marildiskin, but that was a person that was named, his name was Rabzorach Braverman. That he was, Rabzach Bravma was a friend of the Chofetz Chaim. They learned together by Reb Nochemke, the Mordonke, uh, he was the Rebbe of the Chofetz Chaim. And he has, we have letters from him that he gave his son, Rabbi David Bravman, that he asked him to plant a Sregim trees in his backyard in Petach Tikva. So we believe that Rabzach Bravman said that this Esreg is good. And Rabzach Bravoman was from the top, top Talmudim, or the closest people to the Marildiskin. So we believe that that, uh, that was a saying that the Rabboni of Yishlaim took in that, those years. And we, may, we have this Maseiras that these are kosher Sregim. Now, what happens since then? So and how about it, second. Now, before the Chazanish came in 1935, everybody used um, Marildiskin Sregim. Is that what the Rav is saying? Before, before the Chazanish came? Not everybody. A lot of the, not everybody. I mean, the a lot of people used the, you know the Pashita people, the Ashkenazi and the Frum people more. The Bnei We're not talking about the the people uh, that we don't know. Use the Marildiskin, the Sergim that were Marildiskin. There was a Sergim that came from Umel Fachem. Usually the Arabs 
grew a surrogate in those days. The, the, the Jewish people didn't have fields so much to grow. It used to be grown by the Arabs, and the Arabs grew, grew the surrogate for, for us, for, for Sukkis. But the, everyone used these asragim. It's not the Mariudiskin, it's all Rabban Yerushalayim. This was the asragim that they used in those days that we know about. Now, why did the, the question, why did the Chazanish feel it necessary? Why couldn't he just accept the Moral Diskin's Messiah? What what was wrong uh, with Diskin Sregim that the Chazanish had to plant his own? Is there a specific mm-hmm. reason for that? Was so that's, that's one of the biggest shilas that we don't have an answer. Why the Chazanish? Actually, we know that the first year of the Chazanish, he did use, the Chazanish came the first year he came in nineteen twenty in the twenties, uh, um, on on the thirties in the thirties. The first year he used Mistam the Essig like everyone used, and in the second year we have already details history details that Chazanish was looking around to find this regime. Now we don't know if because he want he couldn't get an Essig from that tree, and that was some of the people that say that the Mariludiskin's Essig that came to Bravoman to this Rabbi David Bravoman his tree dried out and he didn't have fruit so the Chazish was looking for other ones or the Chazish held that it's not good we don't know we don't know if the reason is the Chazish said that it's not good or yeah good we do have uh, details on Talmidim of the Chazanish. the Chazanish said that all these Esraigim that we're going to talk about soon the Esraigim of the Chazanish, that there was one from the city Shechem and one from the city Tzfas and the Bravoman one the Chazanish says all three are good Esraigim that was his Talmud of Chazanish said that the Chazanish always used to say all these three are good as Sagim. That means he for sure, the Chazanish didn't hold that the Mahaldiskin Esrik wasn't good. It makes more sense that that these trees dried out. And if we, as we know, an Esrik tree doesn't last forever. Every 15 years, you have to replant it. It's not like a tree that you could plant it in the, and it stays for, for 20, 30, 40 years. After 15 years, it started drying out. No good historian come out. So I don't know if they know how, they knew how to take care of it also in those days. So the historian, apparently this, they didn't, he didn't have a historian from these trees. And he was looking out. He was looking around to look for other historian. That makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yes. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Wanted to ask that question. The Rav can continue okay. on the Chazanish's Israel. Okay. So now we have to understand. I, I want to start with the Bravoman, even though the Chazanish Israel is more the common Israel today, but because the, the Bravomans are more older type of Israel, the Magaliski was, was uh, close to 100 years before that. So I want to talk about, finish about that for a few more minutes. And at Rabzoach Bravoman, he he was a hush, he gave like as I said he gave his son Rabbi David the Bravoman to plant in his backyard a few trees. Rabbi David had a son Rabbi that this Rabbi had a brother-in-law that his name was Shenk that he lived in Bnei Brak and he had in his backyard he was a Hoshra person a few trees that he took from his brother-in-law Rabbi that was a grandson of this Rabbi Zohar Bravoman. And what we actually, but my my father-in-law is uh, feel that he has thousands of israelim. He also grows bravoman that he took branches from shank from this uh, shank, 
Actually, it's more than that. When my father planted his sergeum in the, in the 80s, so um, his uh, first, so this Mrs. Shank from Debrak asked my father to take branches because he saw that his trees are already dying out and drying out. So he asked him maybe if we could take in a little bit, uh, you know, they should grow, come out of more sergeum. And actually, this beautiful Brabaman Tesegim. So really, what we have today, the Brabaman Tesegim, the 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 if we know the Seicher Tesegim, let's say if we talk about, let's say we have a lot of good Seicher Tesegim, but let's say my father knows that he's a personally a Reishamayim that we know that he was marking, and he took it from Mr. Shank that he was a Reishamayim that he was marking, and he took it from Rabbi Sol David that was a son of Rabbi Zorach, So we have a Maseris. From the Maril Diskin, that these Asregim are not Murkiv. So these are the Asregim of the Brahman. When the Chazanish came, the Chazanish found two trees, and we won't go into too much to the history details. He went one year to Shechem uh, and he found their tree, and later he went to Tzfas for vacation, and there he found, and it's called Vadi. Not far between Tzfasas down there to look for Esregim, and he found these two Esregim. Now these two Esregim, um, uh, we call them the Shemels from Shem, from the city Shem, and there is from the Tzfas. The Shem he gave to Michlude, Michlude Lefkovich was from Gdela Adir that passed away uh, not long ago. He gave him um, uh, you know, pits. And he asked him to plant it in his backyard. Occasion, I apologize. Yeah, the, the rub froze. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay, so could just repeat the last sentence. So it's Shchem and Svas. Shchem and Svas. Yeah, and in Shchem and Svas, uh, the Chazanish gave the Shchem one, he gave to Michalid Olefkovich to plant, he gave him pits to plant in his backyard. And the uh, was from Gdela Adar, from the biggest Roshivas and from the biggest Gdelim. And I saw. Tell remember... us a little bit about. Can you tell? Can you tell them a little bit about Mechliuda, if you don't mind? Yeah. He... was a Talmud. Uh, well, we'll ask him in a second. First, I didn't hear you. I deal with this freezing air. I apologize. We want to know who's the. Yeah, okay, the Mechlid was a Talmud of Rav Hyman, yeah? I think you were going to say? He was a Talmud of Rav Hyman. He lived in Bnei Brak. He was a Roshiva in Panovich for, for many, many years, uh, from the Gdele Ador, uh, from, uh, from the biggest Gdele and the biggest Roshivas that we had that passed away not long ago, around 10, 15 years ago, I don't remember, but uh, though it's some some uh, of these years. And Rav had in his backyard, actually, he lived till uh, to, next to Panovich, and I alone, I learned in Panovich, we used to go in to talk to him sometimes in learning. And he had in his backyard a few trees, that these trees was planted from the pits that Chazanish gave, from the Esuk that he found in Shechem. Now, to say, Remichliyudah is a stragon that grew from so his... wants to know, how did the Chazanish know, Shuldik, how did the Chazanish know the question here from the floor? That the Shechem were pure, not Murkav. How did the Chazanish know that? That's already he a, a or he inspected it. How did he know? That's a that's a very big argument already. How the Chazanish know? We don't know how how the Chazanish know knew. How we don't know how the Chazanish knew. Some say, let's say the briskers 
are not mekabel so much the Chazanish's Esregim, uh, because they say that the Chazanish went from Ruach HaKodesh. And they said the Chazanish had Ruach HaKodesh. Okay, but who says we have to be mekabel Ruach HaKodesh from the Chazanish? Most of us, we say, if it was good for the Chazanish, it's good for us. If the Chazanish made a brocha on it, it's fine for us also. But uh, some of the briskers say the Chazanish, the briskers actually say that the, the Esregen that the Chazanish found from Shechem, that was Ruach HaKodesh, and the Esreg that he found in Tzfas, that was Tzviusayim. That's, I don't know why they, how they decided that, but that's what they were say, and the Chazanish gave the the essay from Tzfas to a person, Rabbi Yankov Halperin, that he was a very mekurim to the Chazanish. He was from the biggest builders of Bnei Brak. There's till today a big shchun in Bnei Brak named after Rabbi Yankov Halperin. He was from the biggest mekurim of the Chazanish. And the briskers, if you, if the briskers won't have an option, if they're going to have an option, they're going to have to take a Chazanish, they're going to prefer to take a Halperin than a Michliude, because they, for some reason, hold that the Michliude is a Ruach HaKodesh, and the, the Halperin, the, the Tzfas one, is a Tzvius Ein. Now, we have to understand one small thing, and, and the, the Chazanish alone writes in letters, and I want to read here a letter, uh, uh, and I think it's also printed in Yeshurun, and I don't remember which Krach in Memheil Gimel, but there is a letter that the Chazanish writes like that. Chazanish writes, I'm going to read it, I have it here, so I have it in, in Ksavyados of the Chazanish. I'm going to show it to Ksavyados of the Chazanish, the letter. Zoylam sees it. Now, it says in the letter... Yeah, like, I'll have a time here, Rabbi Sai. It's in your shirt. There's two articles, if I can drop it for a second, about this, if you want to see it in great detail. One in your shirt, Lam Gimel, it's on Nights Chachma, and one in your shirt, Mem Hey. Lam Gimel discusses the Chazanish Shreigim, including a letter, Ksavyad, the Chaznish that the Rav just showed you, um, and Memhei, which is the, currently still re- new and available, has a long, beautiful article of a pair on the Maral Diskin Estragim. So thank you for that. Um, if the Rav continue, I just want to put one second in, since the Rav mentioned the Briska, I'm going to give you a quote from Rav Dov Soloveitchik, which we also printed. He says, they asked him, that's all that counts in brisk. And he says, the the pre the best type of acid was the Tata Trogan Braverman, other Akivalevich. We haven't discussed that name yet. Well, Beidab Mamasaris from Shuleiv. And then he goes on to the Tamina and the other ones which have less of Messiahs. I'm just bringing a Raya, Tanit the Messiah to the Roshiva's line that they didn't trust for some whatever reason, they didn't seem to trust. The Ruch HaKadosh of the Chazanish, and this is a part of a much bigger Mechlekes, which is not for now, right? Uh, you know what if, I mean. If we read, if we see the letter of the Chazanish, and I'm going to try to read a few lines from the letter, he writes like this. He writes um, to a person named Moshe Levitsky that he used to find a Sreigim for the Chazanish, and he writes, Nuidati, I found out from Harkove Chadosha, a new Harkove a new way that the people in those years knew, learned how to be marked. Shemarkivin esrig mina shuk beesrig hayar. The esrig that grows in the forest. And the vizek koirim built in mukev, he means the chushchash that we discussed before. But that was esrig hayar. The oisim kein alpi hoiroas haraf kuk. 
It's a Chazurish writes that they do it from, from the Rav Kook said that you could do it. I saw these Yisraelim, they look just like our Yisraelim that we hold that they're kosher, they're not murkim. From now on, we can't trust the Tviu sign because here we prove that you can make our cover and it looks the same. So the Tviu sign, the Tviu sign that I had is a bottle, and from now on, we can't trust this, this Tviu sign. So I want to mention this letter for two things. First of all, we see that the Chazanish writes that he had Tviu sign. So you can't say, Wachakurdish. The Chazanish wrote, writes in the letter Mefurish that he had a Tviu sign. So you could argue the Chazanish's Tviu sign is right, if he knew how to have a Tviu sign. Okay, that's Mechleik is Gedele Yisrael, I'm not getting involved. But to say that he didn't have that he didn't have Tviu sign, that he was Wachakoidish, we see from the letter Mefurish that the Chazanish said that he has Tviu sign. Now, the biggest problem is. If we could trust the Tviu sign of the Chazanish, because the Chazanish writes alone that you can't trust anymore the Tviu sign. So, how can we take Chazanish's regim if we can't trust the Chazanish writes alone in the letter that you can't trust this Tviu sign? So, this Shiloh, they asked already Rupchan Kanievsky, and they asked uh, Steyman, all the people that knew the Chazanish very well, if the Chazanish was Mevatl his Tviu sign. Rabchaim Kanevsky, when they asked him, got very upset and he said, it's a shekel of a chosam. He was never mevatless to you signing. So they asked him, uh, here, there's a letter, a first letter from the Chazanish. So he said, well, the Chaz- and he also, and Arav Shteyman, both of them said the same thing, that what the Chazanish meant to say, that from now on, you can't trust you sign, because this new harkoveh is a new way that they found out in those days to do harkoveh, that kid that doesn't change the, the way the Esrug looks like. But my Tviu sign from the old days, Chazanish, from before this Nuar cover, for sure you could trust this Tviu sign, and they bring a riot. The Chazanish alone, after the year of this letter, this letter was in 1935, this letter, Chazanish took from these Esraigim that... He gave a Michal and he gave Rebbe Halperin. That means he still trusts his view sign even after he wrote this letter. So, in the end of the day, we have the Chazanish. And the Chazanish said that these Asergim are kosher and are not murkiv. And we're going with this Mahalach on and on because now we have Bets and the Bravaman, as uh, Rabbi Gadisman said before. We have also a uh, Kivalevich, that that's a Bets a branch from a Bravaman. It's a Kivlevich was a, a Seicher that took from Rabbi Braverman a tree and he grew. Braverman had a, a few trees in his backyard. It's like if we would say uh, Lefkovich and Shapiro. So Lefkovich is the mucker and Shapiro is a Seicher that he has a Sregim that he grows thousands of trees. Uh, Kivlevich was a person that took from Braverman a tree. Um, uh, branches and planted from that on a big field of Israel. And most uh, Israel that we have, Brahman, is either from the Kivalevich or people that took from the Brahman, like my father alone, that he took from Mr. Schenk, that he was a Brahman of Brahman, that he got a few trees in his backyard in Brak and he grew Brahman Israel. Um, I 
I just want, I just want, uh, uh, when, when we talk, in the Chazinish in the, Sreden, there's something very interesting that I think the people don't know. And it's something that's very, very interesting to know. Um, I saw in a lot of people in articles that wrote about it. Uh, they, they, they try to, to say, how could it be, uh, let's say, that the Braverman and the Kivlevich that it's the same place. Both of them came from the same tree of Rabbi Braverman and Pedach Tikva. How could it be that these two Israelis that come from the same place look different? How could it be that it looks different? If it's the same fruit and it's not Murakim, it has to look the same thing. So I want to explain something that it's not halachadik, but it's practical a little bit. First of all, you have to understand that every tree in special uh, Israelis looks different if you plant it in, in, in certain areas. It could be in a different area, and it comes out a little bit different, the fruit. But the most thing I want to explain is that there's two ways to plant the Esrik tree. There's two ways. There's a way to take a pit from Esrik, cut up Esrik, take a pit, and grow and put it in the, in the ground. It's not easy. It's a big job to do it and to get it and to start growing a tree. That's one way. The other way is to take a branch, to cut off a branch from a tree, and to take the branch, put it in the ground, and let it grow. The difference between if you plant it with a branch and with a pit is two different things. Why? A pit, when you grow from a pit, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be that the fruit that will come out will look the same like the fruit that you took the pit from. The same way, you can have a father and a son that don't look alike. You can have a father that's a redhead and a son that's black. You can have a father that looks different at all from his ch children. When you take a pit, it's the same thing. It doesn't have to look. It could look different, different at all. When you take a, 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 a branch and you plant it, it's a copy. It's a copy. You take a branch, it's, it's the same tree because it's a branch. You put it out, it will come out the same fruit like was before. For sure, it's different what type of uh, earth you have there, wind, rain, water. But, but, but in the mice, it will look the same thing. Actually, my father-in-law, when he started uh, planting his uh, pardis, he went to Rebchaim Greinemann to ask him which Israel Rebchaim Greinemann was the nephew of the Chazanish, the same way Rebchaim Kanievsky was the nephew of the Chazanish, Reb Chaim Greinemann was also a nephew of Chazanish. And uh, he went to ask him what type, which trees he should take. So he told him to take from Remichil Yudeh. And my father went down to Remichil Yudeh's uh, uh, trees. Remichil Yudeh's Esregim, it's not nice to say, but were horrible. They looked like bananas. They were very cruel. They looked like a banana. My father said, listen, I want to do it for a business. You can't sell these Israelim, you know. I'm not just doing it for doing a mitzvah. The Kleisel should have Israelim. We want to make money. And you can't make money from these Israelim. So what did he do? He didn't take a branch. He took a pit. He took actually 20 pits from the Michliudas Esrik. And he planted it in, in, in cups, small cups, plastic cups. He put earth in plastic cups. He put in the pits. And he watered them. From these 20, most of them died. Then nothing came out of it. Some of them came. One tree came out that didn't give fruit. 
food. One of them came out close to the to the look of a Couldn't make money out of these Shregim. And there was a few, two of them that came out beautiful Shregim. Now, one of the trees, uh, it was a number 53 tree by my father's first part of this. I'm talking about in the 80s. There was a, a tree number 53, so he gave it a name, Ganadin. Gan is 53. He gave it a name, Ganadin. So since then, everyone knows, people that come to Shapiro Estragon, they want a beautiful, as you say, I want a Ganadin district. That was with Shkias and Blitas, beautiful essay. You see a little bit of sometimes it has like a, a little bit a little bit crooked because it's still a son of the Michliudis Essig that was a banana that was crooked in Gansen, but it was beautiful Essig. Now people have to understand that one of them came out a Shufra Essig that my my father gave names to his Essig because one of them was a Shufra, one of them was a, a Hadar, one of them he gave them names, but. When you grow from a pit, it comes something else. That means not, if you look at the asterisk and you say, this doesn't look like the asterisk of the Mariliskin, or this doesn't look like the asterisk of Chazanish, it doesn't mean anything. The way to check it out is, if you know who planted it, by who it grew, if you could trust the person, if he's a Rishamayim, if you won't do something just to make money, and even if it's not halachadik, it's wrong. If you could trust him, and you go on, and you know that he took from someone that you could trust him, that took from the Chazunish. Like, we know that my father took from the for sure we could trust. He was Adam Godel. And my father took from him, and he planted in the, in the, in the field. We know that he's, we trust him, the heathen market. So we know that we have an Esuk that the Chazunish made a brachan, even that it doesn't look the same, look different, looks different in Gansen. But that's the messages that we have to know. So that means if a person goes into a Sreigim Seicher and he wants to know, he wants to be uh, calm, first of all, if he takes a Chazanish, and either it could be a Halprin or it could be a Lefkowich, both of them has a very good mucker from the Chazanish. So we could trust that. We could take also a Bravaman. Okay. Most people don't. Most people take a Chazanish. Uh, very, very small crowd of people in your shrine, a more the brisky oilam, take a bravoman, or Kilevich Kimat doesn't exist, but the bravoman is saying it. And, but, but that's something that I want to be, I want to make it very, very clear. When you go to a seicher, you have to trust the seicher. And I don't mean the seicher that sells the esterig in the, in the Flatbush of Manhattan. I mean the seicher that grew, who, the one that grew the Israelim. Because in so, it, it's such, a, it's so easy to be marking. And it's so easy to, to do it in a way that people won't see and people won't know. And you make so much more money if you do the So you really have to be a real Eurasia mind not to do something that you can make a lot of money without anyone knowing. So you have to really believe in that. And say, I won't be marking even that this year I won't have a good Shreigim. Uh, but that's what's considered Messerius. Messerius is someone that you have to trust him that he did it. 
that he didn't, he kept the Maseris the way we did it. So either someone that does for Milevkovich or Halperin or Bravaman, all of these are good Esregim, but in one condition that we know that the person that we grows Esregim, not just today, the one that grows Esregim since the Chazanish, we know that all these years it was by a person that was a Yerushalayim. How did they did they fight did uh, your Shver or others overcome the beauty of banana problem somehow? You can't how do you fix it? You can't fix it, right? Either everything comes from the everything comes from Ganadin. Is that what the Shiva is saying? They, uh, there's uh, no people, like nice Israel. Where do you get a, a, a nice yeah, with a nice giddle and please where do you get a nice uh, Chazanish uh, Esrig. The, the Rashiva mentioned that the Chazanish are not nice. Is that true still today? No. So as I said before, the Chazanish original were nice. They were nice. The Chalitah's Esrig didn't look nice. But most of the Seichim that 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 grow Esrigim today, they didn't take a branch from Chalitah's They took a pit. And when you take a pit, you might come out a beautiful Esrig. It might come out actually worse. Also, it could be worse. Some of them came worse. So a lot of Seichim today, if you trust them, that they weren't marking, and you know that they took a pit from Rabbi Chiliud Levko, which is Esrig. So we know that some of them are beautiful. We have beautiful Esrigim, Chazanisha Esrigim, also by my father and also by other people. This beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Esrigim all around. That Chazanish, even that it doesn't look. So when people ask me, how could it be so nice if the Chazanish Yisraelim were nice? I try to explain this sugya of, of growing with pits and not with a branch. There's a question here, uh, Rashiva, from the floor here. What about the issue of pitims? Um, do they have pitims? Do they not have pitims? Is there a difference? I'm not going to the halach of pitim in general of an estrog, but look at these different zanim. So, first of all, we have to understand that every estuary has a pitim. Every 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 uh, orange grows with a pitim. Every estuary, the first thing that comes out when the flower falls off is a pitim, and afterwards the fruit grows. Now we're not going into the issue of the If the pitim falls off, when the pitim has to fall off, that it should be kosher and not. The Ramo that says the Sregim Agdalim Beloy Pitim. So we know in the fact that there's no such thing, there's no estrogen that grows without a Pitim. But we know that the Chaznish, the old the Chaznish Sregim are very weak Sregim, are very delicate Sregim. Usually, all years till 20, 30 years ago, no one had a Pitim. There was it was Kimat not Shaykh to find the Essig with the Pitim. They were so delicate the Sregim. And usually they said that an essig that has a pitim, apparently it's a murkim because the harkava makes the fruit strong and mimele, then the pitim doesn't fall off and the essig is a very weak essig. What happened when, was... When does it fall off? When does it fall off? When you cut it off from the tree or naturally it falls off? What, what does it fall off? No, it has to fall off naturally because if it falls off after it's being cut from the tree, it's hot. If it cuts off, if it falls off, when it's very, very, very small, when the essig before the essig starts growing, even the pitam falls off, then it's for sure kosher. 
the biggest shaila starts off when the esrog is already big. Let's say two days before it was cut off, the pitam fell off. Is that considered a esrog hagodil beloy pitam or not? That's a very big argument in the Paiskim, and that's not our shear, but going in in the caches of the Pitam or not. But we have to understand how today we have so many Shreigim Chazinish with Pitam. So for that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say a very, very interesting story that many, many people don't know. My father-in-law is an Israeli person, speaks a little bit English, not much. Uh, he's not well. If he would be well, I would want him to speak even though he can speak a little English, but he's not well. But uh, uh, he, he when he planted the Sregim, uh, he went to learn a little bit. He wanted to know how to do it. He met a a, a, a professor, an American professor that was his name was Mr. Goldstein. He wasn't from. He used to work for the American Army. This Professor Goldstein for the American Army, and the American Army. In the war of Vietnam War, the army was trying to find a certain chemical to spray the forest that all the leaves should fall off, that the army should be able to see the Vietnam. They were hiding in the forest under the trees. And when they made in California, they made a, they, 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 they checked it out. So they sprayed a certain spray in forests and all trees around in California. They saw that hundreds of miles away, all the oranges grew with pitmin. Now, this Professor Goldstein was a Jewish person, wasn't from, but he knew a little bit Astrid. He heard maybe in his home a little bit about it. And he said, wow, so we found a certain chemical that, that makes the, the pitmin strong that won't fall off. Now, the problem is that this chemical, if you spray it, kills the tree. All the leaves fall off, the trees will die. So what he worked out to try to find a formula, how much of this chemical to put with water that won't kill the tree and will make that the acid should be stronger than the pitum should be able to stay on. And it came out, I don't know the formula alone because my shred doesn't like to say it over because it's like, a, it's a business secret, but it's around something of, one one drop for three million drops, something like that. It's around three million drops of water to one drop of this chemical. And yeah, you could spray the pitum of the acid when the pitum is small. If you spray it twice, the acid will die. You can't spray the all the trees. You have to go for each to each acid and spray his pitum. Every acid to spray once the pitum. They put like a sticker on next to the essay that they should know that this essay was sprayed already. And since then, they found out that they could grow Chazanish Asregim with Pitvin. Chazanish with the Maseris of the Chazanish Asregim. And today, Baruch Hashem, we have a, a lot of Asregim. Rav Liashi was makpid to take a Chazanish essay with a Pitvin. Was makpid. I heard from him alone that an essay without a Pitvin, he held it that it's not a good essay. Not lahaloche because most people take without pitmim, but he was very very happy to take with the pitim avliyashi. But it's even more than that. It's something very very interesting. And the third zan that we want to talk about is the timonish zan. That the timonish zan is a zan that we don't have. The, the only messiahs we have is as when the timonish people came from Taman. They were very, very, very from. They came to Eretz Yisrael with two things, three things. 
the film in the hand, a small sefatere, an Eshet tree. And there was a person, whose name is Judah, was an old, old Taman person. He came with the Eshet, he didn't come in with the tree because they don't, they don't let to bring in trees into a country, the same way you're not allowed to bring in vegetables and fruit into the United States because uh, they're scared of 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 of, 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 of all types bugs. of bugs. bugs. So, so he came in, he put in a bambook, in a bambook he put in two pits of an esuk that he had. He put in water into the bambook and he hide it in this whatever, I don't know if he had a suitcase, whatever he had, and he came with these pits to Israel. And he planted these pits in his backyard. And from there, he was one of the, the ones of the, the Briskirov and the, all the Rabbanim trust him very, very much that he was, because he was a person, he was very mekubal, he used to sit and learn Kabbalah all day, this Timonish, old Timonish guy. And they took from him. Now, my father, when he grew, when he started growing his fields in the, in the 80s, he, someone introduced him to this Yuda person. And he gave him a branch. Now, my father took a branch from him, not a pit, a branch, because the Timonisha looked like a Timonisha. They were fine. He didn't have no reason to change the look of the Timonisha like he had a reason to change the look of the Remichlide. He, take a, he took a, 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 a branch and he planted and he had hundreds of trees of Timonisha. After when they had this spray of the pitim, they started having a Timonisha with the pitim. So when my father used to every year bring to this Yudah, this old Timonishi guy, he used to bring him as, as a Korosatev, that he gave him his brand, a branch to plant. One year, he brought him a Timonishi with a pitim. He started screaming at my father. He told him, it's Mukiv, Mukav. Started screaming at him, you are marking the Esrig. My father told him, my father told him, I wasn't marking. What do you want? Tell him, there's no such thing a Timonishi with a pitim. No, we never saw Timonisha with the Pitim. And they couldn't take it that the, you know that there was things that are changing on with and having be able to do a a, a Pitim without a cover. But it was so it was so unique to have a Pitim in those days that any person that had a Pitim, he was Hushad and Arkovin. Was Hushad and Arkovin, any person. Till today already, all the Seichim know about this formula of the Pitmim, so it was Niskabul and the Tzibu already, all this noise of the, of the, of the, of the Pitmim. And now I want to talk a little bit about the Moroccan. The Moroccan is something that came out in the last years, not many, many, many years ago. The Moroccan Esrik has a big, big problem. Because the Moroccan Esrik doesn't have pits. No, Kimat. Which one? The Tema, the big like the people want the Tema. Yeah. So I had a Messiah from Tema. Yeah, I had a Messiah with this Alta, it the, the Roshiva, yeah. one of the lines here says, so Lamaisa, what's the Messiah in Tema? It goes back to the cash, the, the monos of this Alta, one Alta Yid, all the hundreds and thousands of Timonisha as Regnum come from this Yid, who's, I assume he's no longer in, in the Vedm Shamal, I assume, right? Uh, the the Tema division. All comes uh, from this one person. Hezbo was that the, the Manisha were very Tzmimazdika people. They were very Tzmimazdika people. They came with Sifratera. You know, the Timonisha lived in Taman uh, um, alone for many, many, many years. They kept the Maseris 
they kept the way the the the, the way they wore the way the 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 the, 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 the nusach they kept the the hakoyah, they kept everything so strong so the musik the believe the mistama they kept everything from their father and father and father till i don't know where the timonishi came sometimes in uh, but in in a certain way because they were so the actually one of the things that they asked the chazanish when he came and he said also the marildiskin so the marildiskin came and said okay you have a striking but the, who grew the Israelim in those days? The Arabs. So why? How did you trust the Arabs that they didn't markiv? How did we know that the Arabs didn't do what? There was a mashgiach that came down every year, every day to Shechem to check out if they have our cover there. Lemaisa, there is letters also from the Chazanish, and there's a lot of atheists of them that they, they were so passionate to people in those days. They didn't know how to do it either. They were so passionate. They were so. And, and and that's the Chaznish writes that here and now they found out that there's a new way of Arkove. And the second the Tzianim came to Eretz Yisrael, and the, you know, and the, the Maskola came, they started learning in, 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 in college, they learned how to do things. In the old days, they were very passionate people, these Arabs that grew here. They didn't know anything. They, you know, they, they, they grew. Now the Timonish even were even more passionate than that. The Sifratari of the Timonisha Kimati used everything what the Timonisha came in in a Mishunika way of keeping their Maseiras in a very, very, very strong way. So we want to believe that that's a Maseiras, that if Mustama, they kept it that answer? way. Yes, you got your answer? Yeah. Okay, so Lamaisa and practically Taka came from this bamboo, from the pits of this bamboo. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Morocco. We're not, we're into the Morocco now. Yeah. Now we have the Moroccan Israelim, our uh, Israelim that came in the, in the in the in the years after when the people started going to Morocco, they found out that in Morocco there's in, in the in the deserts here they have fields of thousands of hundreds maybe of thousands of trees of uh, of of Israelim. Now we really don't have a series of the Moroccan. We don't have really a Maseris. It's not like the Timonisha that kept very strong the Maseris. The Moroccan were less. There was a lot of Ascola in Morocco also before. Uh, let's say in Taimon, there was no Ascola until uh, they came to Israel. So then they started already uh, getting less from. But in Morocco already years before it started, the Ascola came to the French was there, the Alliance. The Ascola was very big there. So it's a very, very big Shiloh. This noise of Moroccan, it's not Pashid. No one knows really what's the Maseris, who said that these Moroccan trees are, are real trees. Let's say we have these Moroccan people, the Choshevi Rabbanim of Morocco, that came to Israel, uh, let's say, uh, when the, when the, when the, when the, when the, in 1984, when uh, Israel was, uh, became a Medina, so then a, a lot of Moroccan people came. But, since then, over a six-day war, till, you know, the Israeli started a little bit peace with the Arab world, there was no way to go into Morocco. It was like a closed country. No no Jew walked in there. It was dangerous to walk in there. Who knows what happened in those years? Now, we're not talking about 150 years ago, like the, the, the Timonisha. We're talking about 50 years ago, before six-day war, after six-day war. Who knows? The Arabs, they already were more intelligent. They knew already more things. How can we know if they were Marikim or not Marikim? 
The only way they say because this, it's because it grows wild. It's not something that they didn't have a reason to grow with the Moroccans because there was no Jewish people there almost. So why did they, there was, what was the reason for Moroccan Arab to grow hundreds of thousands of trees for what? So these trees grew wild in certain ways. So the only way is to think uh, logically is that these are old trees and were there for many, many years. There's no reason why they should work to have our cover if they didn't have no clients for it. Now, after people started working in the Moroccans, okay, now we already have to trust the people that are working on the Moroccan trees today. But what happened when the Morocco was closed for Jewish people to walk in, there's no reason why the Arabs should make our cover there. So that's a cheshmu. And actually, Avliyashiv was masking to it because I know Avliyashiv all the years. Uh, I, me personal, I used to go in with my father to Avliyashiv to give him every year Ashuk. And um, Avliyashiv uh, used to choose a shregim. It was very interesting to see how he, uh, what he was makpidan. He was makpidan more on the giddle than he was makpidan on the, 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 the black dots, you know, the briskers, they look with a magnifying glass to look for the black dots. So one of the times uh, uh, I was there with my father-in-law and uh, his uh, son-in-laws were there and we brought him like tennis rigging to pick and he took out the nicest essay and he picked it up. We said, wow, beautiful, this I want. So his, 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 his son-in-law, Rabbi Zeril Oyerbach, Rabbi Zaman Oyerbach's son, that he's a son-in-law of Avliyashiv, was there also and he told Shver, told his father-in-law, it has a black dot here. So Avliyashiv looked at it and this, uh, you know, and he looked, he turned around and he said, Ich nicht. Ich nicht. I don't see it. So he told him, and we have it actually in video, this part. And uh, and uh, and uh, he told him, here, here, it's here. So he said, Ich nicht. I don't see it. If I don't see it from this far away, there's no reason to take a magnifying glass. If you see it and you want to check the color, if it's black or brown, then you could check it with a magnifying glass. But to look for that, there's no reason to look for that. But Avliyashim, in the last years of his, took a Moroccan esteric. And he used to make a brocha on the Moroccan esteric. For only that was his first effort? That was his main esteric? Yeah. In the last years of Avliyashim, he took a Moroccan esteric. What changed? What changed? I don't know. I don't know what changed. He, oh, many, many years he took from us and mm-hmm. and, uh, and from other seichim he used to give him. But in the last years, he was very into Moroccan Esregim. Now, what we, my father wanted to do is, okay, let's grow Moroccan Esregim here in Israel. What's the purpose? We have to go to the Arabs and trust them. Let's take a, a, a Moroccan Esregim grow here. The problem is the Moroccan Esregim don't have pits. To bring in a branch from Morocco, you can't. It's illegal. Uh, the pits, they don't have pits. So a few years, the last years of Avliyashiv, every year after uh, after uh, uh, Sukkot, they used to take Avliyashiv's esrog, cut it up, no pits. One year they cut up Avliyashiv's esrog, they found a pit. Two pits in Avliyashiv's esrog. One took Arab Efrati, he was very close to Arab Eliashim. I don't know what he did with it. And the other one they gave to my father. And my father planted this pit of Moroccan, of Eliashim's Moroccan, and he planted, and today he has trees 
the grow Moroccan Israelim at Israel, that Aliashi made a brachan. So if we talk about Maseris, so we have Chazanish, I don't know, maybe we'll make a new Maseris here. Aliashi is the Israelim. that Aliashi made a brachan. I don't know what was his reason that he trusts so much the Moroccan Israelim in the last few years of his, but that's a fact. Aliashi made a brachan it. And today we have the Israelim. So the main Israelim that the Dalim talks about today is Be'ikil Chazanish. A little bit Braverman by the Brisco Ilum, Temanisha and Moroccan, more by the Spardisha Ilum, that they take Temanisha and Moroccan, where the Brisk is also like the Temanisha because we know, like the letter that we saw, we heard before from Abdavid Salvechik that uh, said that his father was, he wanted the Temanisha. We know the Brisk is, they come, the first thing is they want a, either Temanisha, Braverman, Moroccan, they don't. The Brisk is an island to Moroccan. And they, and they take a chazanish? No, just if they really don't have a choice, they're going to take a chazanish. Okay, we still have we still have a few minutes uh, by the Rav, because uh, we're waiting for the Bar Mechpasha to come on, but he usually comes on only about in about 12.10, so I'm going to take questions from the floor, um, and therefore the Rav could be mark of any questions. Yes, there was a question. Again? Oh, Yanova. The Rav did not discuss Yanova. Could you discuss that a bit? The reason I didn't discuss Yanova is because we don't have Kimatera Yanova Sreigim in Eretz Yisrael. The only people, the only ones that took Yanova Sreigim were uh, is the Lubavitchers. They take Yanova Sreigim. The Olam and Yisrael don't take Yanova Sreigim. And as Yisrael, the main Sreigim that they have is by Nadav Nitere, the mainstream Sreigim where they have it's called Merkaz Etogei Israel, and these Esrogim come from this Hurdang, Hurdang, what we discussed before, that that was yes. Hurdang, 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 he was a Seich Esrogim that he, when okay. I said, he went to the Chazanish, the Elm doesn't use these Esrogim, the Bneteri don't use these Esrogim, because Mistame was Murkiv, was Chushchash, because the Rav Kook in those days was very, very strong. Before the Chazanish came to Yisrael, the, the Rav Kook had a lot of Ashpah in Eretz Yisrael. The Rav Kook held it that you're allowed to do it. And people did it. And people were marking. So most of these Yisraelim are that. The Yanav Yisraelim is the Alta Machlaikis already from years, years before already. There was a Kufa Yisraelim. There's the Yanav Yisraelim. There's letters already from 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 Gdeli Israel years years before already about talking about the Gyanavis Sergim Kosher or not Kosher. Uh, most most uh, uh, I think I think I think the Talmidah Chazanish brought Rayas al Gaberayas that Yanavis Sergim are not Kosher and the Murkiv. And uh, that's the reason in El no one it, it really you walk in the streets, you won't see Yanavis Regim. You you won't see Kimat. There's Kimat no Yanavis Regum now to Saul. What about the American Israelim? Where do they come from? What what where oh, do they come from? Actually? We have uh, Rothberg Israelim, that he's a very good friend of mine actually. And uh, he took a Israelim from the Chazanisha Israelim. He's uh, he took from I think he took from Rabbianko Zaks, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he took a Israelim from the Chazanisha Israelim. He planted it in California. Now, in California, the, the shell is if the, the main place where Sregim grows in Atisal, as I heard in the last few minutes where you were learning before and before I got up, I got I got into the Zoom, I was listening a little bit to what you were learning. So 
the main place where certain grow is the, the military that's the main uh, the, that's the best place for them to grow the closest to the military to Israel actually uh, Yanov and Kolf was also Italy also it's in that uh, that uh, that oh, area yeah. is California that also it's almost close I was actually I was like eight years ago I was once in Panama for a few days and I met the person that told me that he's trying to grow to make a pardis in Panama. And he asked me if I'm willing to come down to see his pardis there. And I went down, it was very interesting to see a pardis in Panama. But Panama is not Israel. It's not El Tisal in the, in, the, in the climate. It's not. It's not El Tisal. In California, Baruch Hashem, he was matzliach to come out of Shregim. I think I heard today there's other people that already have also a pardesim in California. And it's very good because special Shemitah that Kleisol needs a Sregim, and Shemitah we can't have a Sregim from Eretzisol, so we have the California. But the California Sregim is really, um, it's really a, a Chazunish Esreg, or if they took a Bravaman, so they have a Bravaman, and it's just been grown by a Seicher in, in California. So if a person knows the person in California that he grows this regime and he knows that he's a Yerushalayim and you could trust him and as we know that they are Yerushalayim and the Bneteri, the people that you could trust them. So for sure, so they have the Masiris of the Chazanish. So these are Sregim Chazanish because they took from Rabbi Chalide or whatever from Talmidei Rabbi Chalide. So it's Chazanish and Sregim, so it's very good. They grow a rock in that Sregim there to throw how does it work in the Shemitah here? People like the... Oh, so, okay, the Shemitah would require two, the, the two hours in the Rosh to explain, um, but the Shaila is uh, the uh, the Moroccan Shreigim um, that are grown there to Shrol, so they obviously are Shroldic Shreigim. You can't use them in Shemitah, right? Sure so, so in, in last year, I'm just going to go back a little bit to the big tumult of last year, when they said Moroccan, they meant these wild Moroccan Israelim that she referred to. Is that uh, that's what yes. you're talking about? Yeah, it, okay. listen, mo, mo, most most Moroccan Israelim that we have in the market comes from Morocco. Most Moroccan Israelim come from Morocco. Today it's really not so wild. Today people have their fields and they grow Israelim there. It's not wild anymore. Today it's a big business. Um, actually, they try to convince my father-in-law. The last, uh, my father's not well today, so his kids took over. But they, they tried to convince his kids to also to take a surgeon to grow them in Morocco. First of all, it's cheap labor. It's, you know, the, uh, <laughs> the Arabs, you pay the less that you pay people here. So to grow it there, you don't have problems with Shemitah. But today it's already not wild. And that's a problem. So today when you buy a Moroccan asterisk, it's not enough when you go into a store and you say, I want an asterisk. They told me, they tell, they tell you, here's a Moroccan asterisk. Who grew these Moroccan asterisk? Did they grow by the person that you could trust or not? It doesn't help. It's the same way if a person comes and say, I have a Chazimish asterisk. It doesn't help. Who did you buy this asterisk from? Who's the person that grew the asterisk from? When you go into Manhattan or Flatbush or where, Lakewood, wherever, and you buy it going into the Seicher, and you ask him, I want an asterisk, a Chazimish asterisk. Okay. I want a Moroccan asterisk. Give me a Moroccan asterisk. It's fine. So this person that you buy the asterisk from, he could trust him. Everything is fine. But he didn't grow the Israelim. He bought it by someone, either Morocco or in Israel. By who did he buy it? Can you trust this person that he bought? So that's the reason I always say when you buy an asterisk, don't ask if it's a Chazanish 
Almost 200 years ago, what, what happened since then? You have to know by who it grew today. Did it grow by Rav Shapiro? Did it grow by Arolis? Did it grow by Rothberg? Did it grow by people that you could trust? Fine. But if it grew by people that you don't know who they are, so you have to know the same way you won't eat meat by a person that you don't know who you, who he is. You can't buy also a Shregim, but you, if you don't know who he is. Why aren't there Shreigim like the Badats and a Shregim? How come that, that hasn't developed? We're still being Saimach and Cyrus. I have to trust the Meicher. Um, we don't trust the Meicher Ligabe meat. Same Daraisa. Why don't they have a Ksheir? Why doesn't have a Badatsky have a Hexer and a Shregim? Why does that develop that way? First of all, first of all, the, no, the, the Rav Weiss is going to be on in a minute or two. So when he comes on, I'm, I'm going to thank right now Rabbi Sai. I'm going to thank the Roshiva. I'm going to Rav Meretzi often for a, a Mamasha, a, a absolutely wonderful Sheer. You opened our eyes up tremendously. I know there's so much more to be able to say. And just to remind them, tomorrow, Avram Wright will be here in Lakewood, so please come in person and on the Zoom network to go through the actual halachas of the Dalmin. The first hour will be a Lulavim and the Dasim. The second hour will be the Kastris of a Strigim. So back to the Rob. This is just a general question. The one wants to know if that's the case. Why isn't there a hexer on a Moroccan Israeli game like there is in other things? So I'll Why try to you? I'll try to say it very quickly before Rabbi Weiss gets on. First of all, there is a chesherim on Israeli game. The problem is that it's very it's not impossible to trust a hexer in between and me as a person that knows what goes on. Believe me, there's a way that even if you have a hexer to do something that the hexer won't know about. So that's the reason it's Kimana Pasal, not just in the Herkave, also in other things. Sometimes there's some sort of a disease in the tree of Israegim that this disease could destroy the entire field of Israegim. Now take a person that has hundreds of thousands of tree, of fruit on his trees, like my father could has could have hundreds of thousands of fruit on his trees, and there's he comes out of the field and he sees this disease. And this disease could destroy his entire business. And this business is a yearly business. And there's a very easy way to do it. You could put in a, some sort of a chemical in the water system and could kill kill this disease. But that chemical, and most Paiskim hold, that be, if you put this chemical, the fruit becomes not because it's not healthy. And the doctors say that if you put this chemical in the fruit, you're not allowed to eat this fruit. You won't die from it, but you might have a... Even orange. This is Agent Orange. We call it in America, they call it Agent Orange. But so, the American uh, Army spray called Agent Orange. Agent Orange, yeah. yeah. So, so if they could put this chemical, yeah. no one will know about it. There's no way you could come in the middle of the night, 4 o'clock in the morning, put in a cup of this chemical into the water system, and you save the hundreds of thousands of dollars because this business makes a lot of money. Why should a person won't do that? The mashgiach won't know about it. There's no way the mashgiach could know about it because even if he's going to eat the fruit, he won't feel it. Avliyashiv said that this fruit is not la because the doctors say don't eat this fruit that had this chemical, so it becomes a not la Now, if it's not la it's not kashul That's aloche. It's kimat impossible for kashus really to control what goes on also in the business of arkove, and also. In the Maimar Musgar, there's also a big, big shayla of the Eida Chredis. What's their shit about Arkov and Chushchash? 
Some hold that Rabboni Yoeda Chredis held it that it's muter. So really, we don't know if we can really, if you want to trust the Chaznish, if you can really trust it. Lemaise, the Bneteria don't uh, go with the Chsherim. Uh, they want to trust the person. And uh, the same way, if I would come to someone's house and he would tell me, I shechted and I could trust his Shechita and I know that he's a good Shechit, I would eat by him and it's better than every Echsher. That's the same way by Israeli. Okay. Which is um, located um, in uh, in um, uh, remember, remind me the name of the Shkuna. Everybody knows the Shkuna. Give us show. Give us show. Give us show. Give us show. If you're there in your Shalayim for Yantav, otherwise, Rashi will be more than happy to meet any of his Talmidim now. From America, that he has Talmidim. I'm sure he's here occasionally, and we're looking forward to hearing and seeing from you again. Yashakechachem. And, uh, good, good bench, yar.